Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's look at some haunted hospitals and asylums. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. That's right, shout-outs going out to the patrons. But before I get to the shout-outs, patrons, quick reminder, this Monday, two days from when I'm recording this, this Monday, I don't know, the 5th? Sure, why not? 6 p.m. Pacific Time is the first of the weekly patron paramaniac hangouts. I got to think of a better name than that, but it's a hangout. We're going to hang out on Zoom so we can all just talk and chat. You want to talk about this episode? Cool. You want to talk about how much you hate me? Well, that would make me cry, but sure, we could do that. But the point is, I want to hang out with the patrons. I figured, sure, I can do some more of the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, what do I call, what did I call those? The, uh, Paranormal field trips, whatever I called them. I'm going to do more of that stuff for the patrons in special episodes and stuff like that. But I wanted to do something weekly for the patrons. And I figured, why the hell not hang out with them? I love the patrons. Let's just hang out. So if you're a patron, on sometime on Monday when I get home from the day job, I will post a Zoom link for 6 p.m. Pacific time. If you can make it, Great. Love to hang out with you. If you can't make it, don't worry. It's the first of many. I can't wait to hang out with you guys. So shout outs going out to Sylvester Duran. Now I should ask, is it Duran or is it Duran? I want to say Duran, like Duran Duran, like hungry, like the wolf kind of thing. So I'm going to hopefully it's that. Nikki loves James. So does Kurt. Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Esteban, and Stephen, Jennifer, Heather G., this user is totally not a skinwalker. Zuzus, what's it? Nico, share the mouse. I love them. Best, best cards, letters I've ever gotten from them. Fantastic. Mark Tortuga, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy. Tracy, freaking awesome. Sends the best gifts ever. Love every one of them. Virginia Mailman. That's right. The cryptid is still with us. Tony, Jason, Vicky Crow, Clay, Buzz, Lobita Works, Glacier Main, Isabel, Jen Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy Menace the Beast. This guy's artwork, the flippin' best. Check it out. It's cool as hell. Sandy, Paige, Kausch, Bentman, 666. Andrew, Scott, Andrea, Melody, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties. Elizabeth Voidtech, Sherry, Art Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Ricardo, Ian, Alexandra, George, Zozo the Demon. That's kind of low. There we go. George, I already said George. Zozo, well, I can say George again. There's a third George for George. George Benson, good guy. Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, who, by the way, just predicted who this episode's going to be sponsored by. Like, literally just predicted it. It's so flipping weird. You'll find out about that in a minute. Will, Lauren, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Stacy, Paula, Jerry, Jeff, Joe, Lawrence, the Lawrence Strawn. Hey, howdy, hi, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark, Manning, Carolyn, J. Danashi, Chuck, Dan, Laura Pitts, and Gamer Fan. 
with special shout-outs to Joe Teague and to Stitch and to Keith. That's right, Keith, for talking about haunted hospitals and asylums during the last live episode. If you guys didn't see it or weren't there for it live, I'm sure you can still find it on Facebook Live or Facebook and uh, Twitch as well, Paranormal Almanac. You can find it. Um, so if you like this episode, thank Keith. And if you hate this episode, blame, well, I mean, blame me. It's not like Keith wrote this one. Leave Keith alone, people. He's out there doing the, the paramaniac's work of being like, hey, Kurt, what about this? And then I go, oh, that's a good idea, Keith. And then I steal that idea. And then I do the episode, even though I kind of had the outline already. But, you know, again, thank you, Keith. All righty. It's time. Um, wait, I don't have, wait, I need dramatic music. Hold on. Just, 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 just hold on to music. Hold on a second. That's right. It's time. It is time to announce, well, kind of announce. It's the Tee Public Giveaway Announcement Time. That's right. Two winners were chosen. And will be emailed as soon as this episode is done to choose the style, color, and size of the shirt that they will be getting from Tee Public for free. That's right. I want to thank Tee Public again. Tee Public will then send you your shirts, winners. Uh, I'm going to say congrats to the mystery winners because I don't. I want to thank. First of all, I want to thank everyone that entered. There were a hell of a lot of entries. Thank you all. Man, this phrase that pays thing really worked. You people were like on it and emailing and it was fantastic. But thank you to T Public for this giveaway. What a great thing. They're so flipping cool. If you are I'm actually literally wearing a T Public Paranormal Almanac shirt right now. It is the UFOs Bigfoot's Ghost Stitch shirt that I absolutely love. In fact, I got complimented on it today when I was walking rum. But if you want to see all of the styles that Paramar Paranormal, ah, I know that I can say the title of the, the show, I swear, that Paranormal Almanac has, head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. Once again, tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. Thank you again to tpublic. Congrats to the two winners. You know, you'll know who you are. You're going to get an email in a little bit. So, Keep an eye out for your emails. Just just check your emails. Check them right now. Don't don't check. Well, you could check them right now. The episode's over by the time you're hearing it, but still, wait wait a little bit. You're, you'll get an email if you're a winner. Don't worry. Now, more importantly, the thing that I teased about in the shout-outs. So if you don't listen to the shout-outs, you're missing out on teases and stuff. Robin actually guessed or predicted, or I don't know how she did it, who this episode is sponsored by. That's right. This episode is the first of four episodes sponsored by Boom Studios, The Hunt for the Skinwalker. I'm going to read it right... Hold on. Shh, everybody, shut up. Shut up. Shut up, everybody. Got to be professional with these things. Come on. I'm going to read it right from their email. If you're a fan of UFOs, cryptids, and the unexplainable, which hopefully you are, you're listening to this podcast, which talks about UFOs, cryptids, and the unexplainable, there is a very exciting Kickstarter campaign... That is now live. I'll give you the link in a little bit. Don't worry. Don't jump ahead. 20 years ago, Dr. Dr. Cole May Kelleher and veteran journalist George Knapp. Ah, we love George Knapp. Started a paranormal phenomenon with their groundbreaking investigation 
of the mysterious Gorman Ranch in Utah, which they documented in the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. That's right, you've heard me talk about the Skinwalker on numerous Paranormal Almanac episodes, but cattle mutilations, UFO sightings, strange unidentifiable creatures... The ranch has been a hotbed of supernatural occurrences that to this day defy easy answers or even not so easy answers from Kurt. Now the authors are partnered with the iconic comic book publisher Boom Studios to celebrate this milestone anniversary with some incredible new releases. First off, available exclusively through the Kickstarter, you can get the first, it's, it's quoted, so I'm air quoting right now, declassified hardcover edition of the original book with a brand new chapter and new cover art by the dark surrealist illustrator Dave oh oh god I hope I say his name right David Seidman I'm gonna say Seidman and Seidman because I don't know which one it is and I want to get it right the original hunt for the skinwalker book was truly a landmark moment for the paranormal investigation community that's true that's not even look look that is true Kurt here yes that is true skinwalker ranch absolutely incredible uh, let's see. To help bring this important piece of paranormal history to a wider audience as part of this Kickstarter campaign, the original authors, authors have overseen a new installment in the Skinwalker saga with a freaking graphic novel inspired by the incredible true story. How cool is that? Look, if you know anything about me is I love graphic novels. I love comic books. I, everything, right, everything on this page is right up my alley. Uh, this comic from the writer of X-Men Unlimited will, will reconstruct the real-world events that occurred on the ranch with many of these mysterious incidents visualized for the first time. And finally, for the die-hard truth seekers listening right now, I'm assuming that's you guys because I'm listening to myself and I am a die-hard truth seeker, there are a bunch of exclusive extras that you can get on the Kickstarter page as well as including limited edition posters, apparel, Yeti mugs, and most exciting... I think so. A folder of previously classified documents from the original author's personal files. This isn't like something that they made up for this campaign. It is legit previously classified documents from the author's original author's personal files. These never before seen files would be limited to 375 copies and will never be printed again. I don't know if they wanted me to really emphasize the never, but I kind of wanted. They will never be. Don't you even think about asking them. Don't you like email Boom Studios and be like, hey, I wasn't one of. I was 376th and I didn't get one. Can you reprint it? They'll never be reprinted again, people. It won't do it. This Kickstarter campaign will be the only place to get them. Uh, let's see. Here we go. I had, to, I had to scroll down. Sorry. You guys are going to want to go over to Kickstarter, to the Kickstarter page. It closes on June 8th. Oh, my God. That's in like five days. Holy crap. Maybe it won't be the all next four episodes. Definitely this episode sponsor. But you can find the Kickstarter page at boom dot. That's B-O-O-M dot I-O slash Skinwalker. Once again, boom, B-O-O-M dot I-O slash Skinwalker. Kurt here. I'm telling you. I've seen a little bit of this. It is flipping awesome. And like I was saying, Robin just posted about it on the uh, Facebook fan page. It's worth checking out. It is way cool. I am very happy to say that this episode sponsored by them to tell you about this because it is right up my alley. Now, that's not even this is none of this is written right here. I'm just talking right now. That's how cool it is. So thank you 
Boom Studio. Thank you, The Hunt for Skinwalker. Head on over to boom.io slash skinwalker. How cool is that? Like, honestly, that is flipping cool. But we got to keep on keeping on, man. We got a lot of episode to get to. So where's the music, Kurt? Oh, God, what's happening? There we go. So let's get right on in to Paranormal News. Ghost demons that haunt the night. Strange objects fly through the sky. Shadow people are spending the night again. Black eyed children knock on my door. A portal to hell opens in my room. Time travel man says the world is changing soon. Don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. That's right. That's just good advice, Kurt. All right, the first story in Paranormal News. NASA learns the ugly truth about UFOs. This is an interesting article. It's written by a variety of different uh, sites. But a meeting at NASA headquarters the other day. This is yesterday, but it was actually the other day. Um, well, the public had some blunt questions about UFOs or UAPs, and the NASA spokesperson summarized them aloud saying, what is NASA hiding and where, where are you hiding it? How much has been shared publicly? Has NASA ever cut the live NASA TV feed away from something? Has NASA released all UAP evidence it ever received? What about NASA astronauts? Do they have an NDA or clearance that does not allow them to speak about the UAP sightings? What are the science overlords hiding? Well, NASA kind of like laughed a little bit and then said, no, they have never uh, intentionally cut a live feed to hide anything. There were never any formal or informal discussions at all about UAPs or UFOs or anyone reporting anything that would suggest something from beyond our planet. Kind of uh, a quick, short answer to a question that a billion people have and many conspiracy theorists still have but there you have it up next in paranormal news that's how short and sweet it was i want to get to the episode so up next in paranormal news if the government is ufo crash materials it's time to reveal them yeah i agree politico magazine yes it is they say that the benefits to humanity outweigh the fear of discovering that we're not alone in the universe again yes please uh it's a real long article but basically they were saying that look if you guys have this stuff this preliminary evidence that says that you guys have objects not of this earth, which is exactly what they said. Well, it's time that you told the public. Why are you hiding it? We're no longer going to freak out and, and the world's going to collapse and because of religious bullshit about like UFOs and are we alone? No, we can handle it. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for that article. Like I said, it's a very long article. You can go over to politico.com and just type in uh, I don't know, UFO, UFO crash materials intelligence. You'll find it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a cool article, but that's about it. So uh, up next in paranormal news, there is no Nessie news. So is it just me? I'm seriously, I'm worried about both Nessie and Ian O'Fadigan. Ian, come on, buddy. Every week, you and I, we talk about Nessie, and you see her, and I talk about it, and then I 
hope that you come on the episode and then you ignore me and it never happens. We have a we have a routine here, buddy. Let's let's keep that routine going. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. Oh, come on, computer. Load it up. There we go. Samuels Public Library hosts renowned Bigfoot researcher Mike Famalant for an exciting evening of exploration and discussion. That's right, on Thursday, June 15th. If you're anywhere near wherever the hell Samuels Public Library is, it doesn't really tell me, so hopefully you know it. If you if you like go, oh, yeah, I know where that is. It's like down the street for me, Kurt. Cool. Well, on Thursday, June 15th at 6 p.m., renowned Bigfoot researcher, producer, and lead investigator, Mike, whatever his last name, will be sharing his insights and expertise with eager attendees. Organized by In the Shadow, the Big Red Eye, and Samuels Public Library, this event offers a unique opportunity to delve into the world of Sasquatch. You know what? Sounds flipping cool to me. I'm guessing it's no, it's New Jersey, but I don't know for sure. So, again, hopefully whoever's listening to this goes, oh, I know where that is, and that's going to be cool, so go to it and then tell me all about it. I'll have you on an episode. How, how's that sound? If you go to this, I want to hear all about it. So, you know, come on the episode and tell me about it. Up next, Missouri men felt they were being watched and saw this in the woods. Here we go. This is a, uh, a YouTube video that I've been wanting to watch, and it says Bigfoot in the Ozarks. So let me click on the video. I'm clicking on the video. All right, here we go. I'm going to turn down the sound because I know I already know it's going to be a bunch of people talking about loudly about Bigfoot. I don't need to hear it. I just want to see it. All righty, so it looks like a thermal... Yeah, it's like a thermal camera. There is something very small, like a dot, behind these many, many trees, because they're in the woods. I, um, yeah, that's it. All right. Yeah, it's a small dot in the woods. So if, you're, if you think that Bigfoot is a small dot in the woods, I've got a video for you. And if you don't, like I don't, let's move on to the next story. All right, that's a good idea, Kurt. Up next in paranormal news... Do you have to tell homebuyer your Illinois house is haunted? That's right, people that live in Illinois. Let's find out the answer together. Let's see. Illinois realtors, they said they would not have a legal duty to disclose that someone believes the house is haunted. But you may want to admit that you think the house is haunted as a stigma. They also mentioned that if someone talks to the neighbors, they may learn your house goes bump in the night that way, so... The legal, the non-legal opinion is being honest will never be the wrong thing to do. Aw, that's a very sweet answer to that. But basically, look, even if you don't tell them, the neighbors are going to be like, hey, uh, I saw you just go into the house during this open house to, uh, you're thinking about buying the house? Yeah, it's fucking haunted. It's, uh, I'm, we're talking like Native American burial site, poltergeist kind of haunted. You don't want to live there. The, the walls bleed and people die. So, you know, I guess... If you have one of those kind of houses, get a spa day for your neighbors. To be like, hey, neighbor, you're, you're such an awesome neighbor. Here's a spa day. And then when they leave for the spa day, that's when you have the open house. There you go. That's Kurt's advice to you. All right, let's get into this episode. I'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. That's the wrong sound. There we go. It's break time. We are back. Reminder, you guys can actually hear my interview with the very awesome Henry on his podcast, Paranormal Perception. It came out yesterday. 
because I'm recording this on Saturday, came out yesterday. So check it out. Head on over to Paranormal Perception, wherever you get your podcasts. And I don't know, listen to me. Or just continue. Don't do it now. Hold on. Wait, stop. I mean, after you listen to this episode, then you can go over to Paranormal Perception. But after you listen to this full episode, and I mean all the way to the end with the whole reverse backwards masking crap that I say at the end of, I want you to wait till the end. Don't you, don't you go over there just yet. But then afterwards, then, then go over there. All right, like I was saying a little bit ago, I'll do in the live episode, the last live episode, which are fun. They really are. I forget how fun they are. I had some great calls, and I had two little tiny dickhead that were trying to, like, prank call me, and it didn't really go anywhere or do anything, so waste of time. But some great calls, some great stories. I mean, like, really, really good stories, like, really good, like, awesome. So find that. Go to Facebook or go to Twitch, twitch.tv. It's still there. It's archived. Check it out. It's worth watching. If I do say so myself. But while I was doing the live show, Paramaniac Keith from Michigan called in to ask about a Michigan asylum. And, you know, we kind of got to talking and I said, hey. All right. Well, this isn't verbatim, but something along the lines of, hey, I have an outline ready for haunted asylums and hospitals. You know what I think? I think that the devil part two can wait. So let's do that episode instead. So. You know, yeah, that's what you're you're listening to now. If you thought it was just, you thought, look, if you thought I just named this episode, you know, like the Devil Part 2 episode, if you thought I just named the Devil Part 2 episode, like haunted asylums and hospitals, like some kind of trick by the devil himself, well, you're right. Welcome to the Devil Part 2. That's right. On last week's episode, we were talking about places you can see the devil. So let's do some more. First up, let's head on over to Munich, Germany's Frauenkirchen, or the Church of Our Lady. This church has a bizarre legend about the devil, so let's dive right in. So the devil offered to pay for the construction of a church, provided it had no windows. Uh, Kurt here, why the devil wants a Christian church is weird, but then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, I see what you're doing here, devil. You know what? The quickest way to make most people atheist or agnostic is to have them go to church every week growing up. So, well well played. Bravo, devil. Anyhow, uh, so no windows. I don't know. That's weird, right? I guess that old saying, you know, a church with no windows is hotter than hell. Is It must be true. Also, I don't think that's a real saying. I think I just made that up. But I don't understand. There's nothing that I can find online about why the devil wanted to, A, build a church and be like, hey, here's some money. You go build a church, but no windows. Nothing, nothing online. They were like, well, every church has windows. I guess, but is that is that a thing? Like, we have to build a church with windows or else it's the devils? I've never heard that. I don't understand this part of the whole legend. But anyhow, legend says, the builder agreed to build the church with no windows, but... He pulled a fast one on the devil and snuck one in anyways out of the sight of the doorway. So, the devil, he goes walking into the church, which you wouldn't think he'd be allowed to do, but I guess he paid for it, so he can. And he's like, whoa, great job. And then he crosses the threshold, and he goes, what the hell? There's a window. And he jumps up and down in anger. I don't know. Just stick with me for a minute. Now, it's said that when he hit the ground, he left a footprint. Every site says footprint and not hoof print. So that's weird, right? I picture, when I picture the devil, 
You know, he's got to be bright red. He's got to have horns. Sometimes he's wearing like a zoot suit, but most of the time he's like kind of like naked holding like a pitchfork. But he's got hooves, man. Every picture of the devil. So apparently that's wrong because he's got a he's got shoes on. He's got like a footprint because I actually found a picture of the footprint. And yeah, it, it's a footprint with a shoe on. The devil wears shoes. I, I know what you're thinking. He's like, yeah, of course he wears Prada, Kurt. All right, don't jump ahead on the jokes, people. But just like at Grauman's Chinese Theater, you can actually go there to the church and see the shoe print and maybe just see what size it is. Like, hopefully, you can, like, put your shoe up against it, like at Grauman's Chinese Theater, and be like, oh, devil wears Chuck Taylor size 9, or, or the devil's got, like, size 6 feet. But, you know, back then, people were smaller, even the devils. So, you know, like, don't the devil's probably still got a good size shoe. Weird one, huh? All right, yep, next in the devil part two. Just kidding. <laughs> this really is a haunted asylum and hospital episode. I was just fucking with you. I was just messing with you guys. Don't worry. It's really the haunted asylum and hospital episode. So let's start the actual episode with the Royal Hope Hospital in Florida. All right, it was a Spanish military hospital from 1784 to 1821. Hundreds, if not thousands of wounded people died in the hospital. Then it was demolished. Good. That sounds good because they're always bad. So good. Demolish it. But no. Then they just built a replica of the same flipping hospital on the same site. What? Why? Are you telling me they couldn't just fix up the old one? Are you telling me that they had to completely demolish then completely rebuild the exact same building? That doesn't seem weird to anybody. All right, so they go to hook up the plumbing for the new hospital and find, or new old hospital, and they find Native American bones. Yep, the hospital was originally built and then replica built on a Native American burial ground, which listeners and hopefully non-listeners alike will know that's just a bad fucking idea. So they finish it anyway because they're dumb. And ever since, people hear moaning and even shouting coming from unoccupied rooms to this day because the hospital's now a museum. So here's where you can go there when you're there. You can go in. Here's where you can see and hear the most ghosts. First off, the morning room. That's um uh that's morning like dying, not morning not morning like like the opposite of afternoon. Is 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 morning the opposite of afternoon? Hold on. I got to wait. I'm I'm going to Google this real quick. Give me a second. Opposite of morning. Okay, Google says that sundown is actually the opposite of morning and not afternoon. Wait, what the hell was I just talking about? All right. Oh, the morning room. So if you go to the morning room at the Royal Hope Hospital in Florida, let's get back on track, Kurt. Um, yeah, you know, the basics are heard. Disembodied voices, crying, groaning, shouting even. That's kind of new. Shouting are all reported there. Then you can go to the ward. Many beds in the ward are said to move on their own or shake or rearrange themselves. But the good stuff in this room is people have reported being hit and scratched in the ward by a ghost. So... If your kink is being scratched by a probably Civil War ghost in a hospital built on a Native American burial ground that's a replica of the original hospital that was also built on a Native American burial ground, well, the ward is the room 
for you. Also, good for you for having such a specific kink. Like, no kink shame in here. That's good on you. All right, next place you want to go, the surgeon's office. People here get grabbed by a disembodied hand. Is it disembodied or is it just, I don't think they can actually see the hand. I think they just get grabbed by like a ghostly hand. Then, the apothecary. This one has full body ghost apparitions, disembodied voices, shadows, screams. They even say that Spanish words are here, are heard here, and that marching is also heard there. So, if you want to hear a Spanish ghost or a Spanish marching band, I guess, I don't know, go there. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, lots to uh, see and hear at that first one. But the next one up on this list is the Whittingham Psychiatric Hospital in Lancashire, England. Buckle up, baby. All right. This one opened in 1873 as the 4th Lancashire County Asylum. Not just because they wanted to name it that. No, it's because the three existing asylums in Lancashire were full. That is a whole lot of people in asylums for one fucking town. Now, this one grew to be the largest mental hospital in Britain. Um, congrats, I guess. The capacity of the hospital was 1,100, but they needed even more room for another 700 patients. So it was added on to an 1880. All right, I, I know I've got English listeners here. What the hell was wrong with Lancashire, or maybe is wrong with Lancashire people back then or now? Like, why were so many people being just, like, are you from Lancashire? Yeah, I don't like your accent. Hey, admit them into the hospital. We need a fourth one? Cool. Throw them in the fourth one. We don't care. We'll build it even bigger. But it still wasn't enough, because in 1915, two more annexes were built on the site, and they had 2,820 people living there. Then... World War I hit. Spoiler, it was bad. And one annex treated casualties of the war. Many died and were buried there. Then, in 1923, it became known as Whittingham Asylum. And then in 1939, 3,533 people were residents here. I'm, I have to guess there were more people living in the asylum than not in the asylum in Lancashire. Um... Then, spoiler, World War II happened. More casualties were treated or died here. Uh, look, I'm going to skip through a lot of these name changes. It went throughout the years. It was like 1960, blah, 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 changed names. And then this time it changed names. Then, let's move on to 1967, when the hospital faced a huge controversy involving complaints of mistreatments in two male and two female wards, not patients, full wards, in the St. Luke's division, with the worst being in Ward 16 for women. Some of the evil shit that happened here were patients being locked outside or in the washrooms and cupboards. That's right, cupboards. Patients being dragged by their hair. That seems not doctorly. Patients being fed only bread and jam. Patients strangled with a wet towel until they passed out, which is way worse than just being fed only bread and jam. Patients being punched until they lost consciousness. There was an incident in which two male nurses poured methylated spirits into the slippers of one patient into a dressing gown pocket of another patient and then set them afire. They lit them on fire. You're supposed to be taking care of the patients, not toasting them. 
Uh, so yeah, it closes in 1995. 95. 1995. That's like my lifetime. I, I was alive for this. A new smaller mental hospital facility called the Guild Lodge was built on the site, and it opened up in 1999. You know, like the Prince song. So the Guild Park housing development was planned for this site with 650 new homes to be built. However, because of that whole economic crap of the late 2000s, it kind of halted development. So many of the buildings on site have now been demolished, but some are still there like St. John's Church and a bunch of new homes. So, yeah. This batshit crazy place made it from 1873 to basically 1995, but you can buy a house that's built on the grounds, and I'm sure nothing bad will ever happen to you. There's just no chance they didn't find all the bodies they buried there, and you won't find a skeleton in your back garden. Nah. Nah, you'll be fine. Shh, go, go, you go buy a house in this crazy fucked up, all of Lancashire lived there and died their place. Um... Yeah. Uh, on that site, what do you hear? Well, people hear the basics, basic ghost stuff. Frankly, I'm not surprised. It sounds terrible. But when we get to the basics, we skip on and we move on to one of the top seven continents on Earth. That's right. Let's move on to one of the top seven continents on Earth. We're talking Australia, baby. To the Ararat Lunatic Asylum. It's now called Aradale. Sure, why not? And when it was built, excuse me, I had to cough right there. When it was built in 1867, it was the largest asylum. Again, yay. How about you don't make that your thing? Don't be so proud of the fact that you built the largest asylum in Australia. Uh, let's see what happened here. Well, I don't know. 1,300 patients died there, which, again, I can't believe is a good record. Um, okay, so what's been seen here, heard, heard here? Full-body ghosts of patients are seen here. Disembodied voices, and if you visit, you may just become one of the many visitors that get nauseous and puke. Yep, that happens a hell of a lot there. Or faint, or have mysterious pains until you actually leave the building. You may also see the ghost of George Fidemont. Who? Well, he was the last governor of the asylum, of course. Dummy. Everybody knows that. Uh, in 1886, George was showing a group of people around the asylum when he started down a set of stairs and had a heart attack and died. Tour guides uh, and visitors hear heavy footsteps and banging on that same stairwell, and they go, that's probably George. I don't think I'd want to hang around if I was him, but, you know, sure, whatever. There's also the ghost of Gary Webb, who is a criminal. He got busted and was sent to stay there. So um, here's some fun. Here's a fun fact about uh, Gary Webb. What did Gary Webb do at the Ararat Lunatic Asylum to pass the time? Well, if you said basket weaving, you are wrong. And his hobby of choice was writing letters to the media, telling them the inhumane and horrible things he was planning to do to people once he got out. Fun fact, that's a bad idea. Because people began to worry, and a special law was actually passed to keep Gary Webb at the asylum for the rest of his life. So that happens, and Gary's like, well, now I need a, a new hobby. And he decided he would self-mutilate and was hospital hospitalized over 70 times while he stayed at this hospital. But that wasn't enough. Not for Gary. Oh, hell no. He even castrated himself three times 
during his sentence. Look, Kurt here, I'm no doctor, but I seriously thought once you castrated yourself once, that was like, you know, that was it. I thought like once is enough in the castration department and I'm not Googling it because then I'm going to become nauseous and faint because I don't want to see what does it look like when you castrate yourself three times in a row? Like that seems bad. I don't want to say that Gary's crazy, but I think Gary was crazy. Today, Gary is said to haunt his former room, screaming at visitors to get out and pushing them out the door, which you know what? Fine with me. I don't, I don't think I want to be in a room with Gary dead or not. What if he goes like, this is what it looks like to be castrated three times as a ghost, Kurt, and then shows me it. I can't live with that chopped off ghost dick thing for the rest of my life. No, do not want. Now, visitors, they say whenever they walk past the superintendent's office, they report a sudden bitter taste in their mouth. <sighs> look, I, look, no comment, but it's not what you might be thinking. And I know that you're thinking it's <clears throat> ghost jizz. <clears throat> no. Nope. It's not ghost jizz. It's probably because the superintendent committed suicide in his office after swallowing cyanide. Fucking A, this place. Finally, for this place, the entirety of the women's ward is haunted by a ghost named Nurse Carrie. She is said to watch over the tour guides. Her apparition, as well as many other ghosts, have been seen in the women's ward in old-timey nurses' uniforms and also walking straight into walls and disappearing. Other reports tingling sensations in their head when they enter what used to be the shock therapy room. Man, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You can always count on Australians to keep these episodes interesting. So, you know what? Well done. Well done, Australia. And the Ararat or Aradale Lunatic Asylum. Fucking weird-ass place. All right, let's move on to Athens Mental Hospital in Athens, Ohio. Not Athens, Georgia. Not Athens, Greece. Athens, Ohio. Originally, it was called the, the Athens Lunatic Asylum, which that that's, seems like a good name. It opened its doors in 1874. Over the years, the hospital had nine official name changes, including the Athens Hospital for the Insane. Again, sure, fine. And then the Athens Mental Hospital. Okay, sure, whatever. This one stayed open until 1993. Again, like like a current place. Well, not really current. I'm sure some of you listening are like, I wasn't alive in 1993, Kurt. Well, I was, okay? I'm, I'm older. That's why I'm doing this show and not you. All right, what fun stuff happened here? Well, 1,900 patients were buried in the grounds after they died. It wasn't like they were still alive. Mostly from botched lobotomies. Each headstone is marked by numbers only, no names. And sometime after that, a large portion of the ground was given to Ohio University. Also, in 1978, there was a disappearance of a female patient named Margaret Schilling. Her corpse was discovered months later in an abandoned ward. Now, some sites say abandoned room, some sites say in the attic, some sites say in the, the cellar. But it's real. It's a real story. Margaret Schilling really died. They really did find her months later. Some say that she was playing hide and seek. So I think she won. I think you got to give it to her. Like, you got to give that to Margaret Schilling. She stayed hidden. But 
Stains from her corpse remain visible for more than 30 years later. You can see them online, the stains. And there's a lot of people that went to go look at these stains. So, yeah. Creepy. And the basic stuff happened here. So, whenever we get to the basic ghost stuff, the sights, the sounds, the, the shadows, the moving stuff, we move on. So, let's move on to the Greystone Park Psychiatric Hospital in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Built in 1876, was originally built to alleviate overcrowding of the state's other asylum in Trenton, New Jersey. <sighs> Why were there so many asylums back then? At one point, the hospital held over 7,000 patients, including singer-songwriter Woody Guthrie. So what's happened here? Well, it's haunted by the patients. They're seen and heard here, and not just in the hospital, but also in the underground tunnels that connect various buildings. That's not where you want to see ghosts. Uh, all the basic stuff happened here. So, um, well, let's move on to the next one. And for this next one, we're going to stay in New Jersey again. This time to the Marlboro Psychiatric Hospital. Yep, Marlboro. Named after, you know, Marlboro. It opened in 1931, remained active for 70 years, only had 800 patients, so suck it, Marlboro. Uh, many of whom died there, though. And even though it only had 800 patients, it says, there are 924, 924 marked graves still there. So I don't know how they do this math, but I'm looking at their like official shit. And they said, yeah, we only had 800 patients. We buried 924 people. So I don't know who the other 124 fucking people were. But uh, this place was messed up, mistreated patients like so many other asylums, including patients going missing, patients choked to death, patients dying from untreated ailments until 1998 when this hospital was officially closed. It's now a park, but you can go there and see and hear all the basic stuff. All right. I'm sure at this point you're saying, Kurt, you're like 40-something minutes into this episode. You need to talk about Waverly or Allegheny. And I say, nah, maybe one day I'll do an episode from there, but not this episode. Instead, let's go to the Tauntaun. Oh, come on, Kurt. Instead, let's go to the Tauntaun State Hospital in Massachusetts, which I thought smelled bad on the outside. Tauntaun. All right, look, that's a very specific joke for only a few of you. So if you laughed at that Tauntaun joke, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Thank you. Built in 1854. I'm sure it's Taunton and not Tauntaun, but I like saying Tauntaun because I'm a Star Wars fan, so fuck you. It's Tauntaun State Hospital was a psychiatric hospital mostly known for one patient. That patient was Jane Toppin, who, in case you don't know, was a serial killer who confessed to having murdered at least 31 people while working as a nurse. She was nicknamed Jolly Jane, and that has to be an ironic nickname, uh, she mostly killed elderly, elderly and frail patients. I thought I talked about her before, but I can't find it on an episode, so stick with me. She mostly killed elderly and frail patients, using them as guinea pigs in experiments with morphine and atrophine, altering their prescriptions to see what would it do to their nervous system. That sounds fun. Now, she would quote-unquote medicate them alone and even got into bed with them. She stated she liked to see their inner workings of their souls and derived sexual thrills from her patients being so close to death. 
I'm really sure I talked about this crazy bitch before, but we'll keep going. Again, she admitted to 31 murders, was quoted as saying that her ambition was to, quote, to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. Congrats. Yay. Way to have a goal, I guess. Uh, look, she insisted upon her own sanity in court, though. She said, hey, I can't be insane because I knew what I was doing. And I knew that it was wrong. So obviously I'm sane. But yeah, she was declared insane. Weird, right? And uh, she was committed at this uh, Tauntaun or Taunton uh, State Hospital. And she wasn't even the worst person there. The people that ran the hospital were as bad as her, basically. They did all the evil shit that I've talked about at every other asylum because apparently if you worked at asylum, you can be evil as fuck. Uh, but grain of salt time. There's an urban legend about this hospital that a satanic cult worked there as nurses and patients, or nurses and doctors, sorry, worked there as nurses and doctors and operated this hospital. It's said that it would take patients into the basement or conduct dark rituals and even human sacrifices. But I got to be honest, I can't find any evidence that this really happened there. It seemed to be just like an urban legend about this place. All righty. Ghost stuff time. While the hospital was still open, staff would go downstairs into the basement only to be, quote, stopped by a force once their foot reached the bottom step. I can't find out what happened if they went past the force, but I'm sure they still had to go down there. Also, all the basic, you know, ghost shit are seen and heard not only in the hospital, but also in the woods surrounding the hospital. And many people think they buried bodies in the woods. Probably. It seems like a fucked up thing to do. So, sure. Finally, for this episode... And don't worry, it's just this edition. There is another one that will have, this is like, this is another one of these episodes that'll have a billion sequels. But for now, the final one on this edition is the Tranquil Sanatorium in Canada, which hopefully you can guess is going to be anything but tranquil. Uh, let's see, it was built in 1907 as a ranch before the owners began caring for, to, to, uh, for tuberculosis patients. So, they had a good start to it. They're like, oh, these people are all have tuberculosis. Let's open up a hospital. Then, in 1958, the hospital closed but was reopened in 1959 to treat the mentally ill before closing permanently in 1983. A story here says that a nurse brutally murdered a patient and that the patient is still seen to this day, and it seems like that's not just an urban legend. It seems like a nurse brutally murdered a patient because, again... That seems to be what they do. I don't ever want to go to... No, uh, never mind. Um, so all the basics are seen here, and even, gross, but even, they say, orbs are seen here regularly. Kurt here, fuck orbs. But if you go there, I mean, if you go there, just let me know, did you actually see an orb? Was it like a weird-shaped orb? Or is it just a regular dust? Because, again, it's a closed hospital. It's probably asbestos. It's probably really, really bad there. You probably want to wear a mask, but that's just me giving you the basics. So, yeah, uh, you know, stuff's moved around. They see shadows. They see ghosts, disembodied voices, moans, groans, all that jazz is all heard at the Tranquil Sanatorium in Canada, which I have to imagine because it's Canada. They're still probably the most polite ghosts ever. All right. 
There you go. I mean, what the hell is the deal with asylums and hospitals being worse than being crazy? Like, it's bad enough that you're crazy, or chances are, you, you know, you probably had, like, you know, hiccups or something, and they went, oh, God, he's got hiccups. Throw him in the asylum. And then you got to deal with all this kind of crazy bullshit, being lit on fire and shit like that, and crazy doctors and nurses doing weird-ass, crazy, weird sexual things to you. Come on, people. I'm telling you, there are hundreds, I was going to say thousands, but I'm not going to, that, that might be an exaggeration. There are hundreds of these hospitals and asylums that closed down in the relatively modern times that just had the most lurid, horrific pasts ever. And um, yeah, it seems bad. So I guess if you needed a reason to want to go back in time, this is Kurt here. My personal suggestion, if you want to have a reason, like if people say, hey, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Would you kill baby Hitler? Yeah, screw it. Kill all the babies you want. It's back in time. No, it doesn't matter. This this is proof of it doesn't matter. But for me, if you want to, like if someone asks you that and you want like a new answer, they say, yeah, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Go find out just what the fuck was the reason that the entire town of Lancashire were just packed into asylums like what the hell was happening in that town like i said is it still that way english listeners is is it still are you is, are, are, is anybody from lancashire listening to this and if so are you in an asylum right now because i can only assume there's like fifteen thousand asylums that were built after these asylums are you in asylum are you okay if, if you think that i'm a voice in your head i mean i technically i guess I guess you're right. I am technically a voice in your head right now because you can't see me, but you're hearing me if you're listening to this. But I'm not like I'm not like that kind of voice in your head. I'm not a voice in your head that will either tell you to do bad things, but also I'm not the kind of voice in your head that tells you to do good things. I'm just here to tell you about weird-ass shit that happens around the world. So I'm sorry that I'm the voice in your head is what I'm saying. But I guess there could be worse voices. I mean, Gilbert Godfrey had a podcast forever, and can you imagine... Thinking that he was the, the voice in your head, it sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. At least my voice isn't that shrill. I hope not. Boy, I hope not. I hope that you guys don't listen to this and be like, you know who Kurt sounds like? Sounds like uh, Gilbert Godfrey before he died, obviously. I know, too soon. I love Gilbert. But that voice, come on, man. Um, I don't know where the hell I'm going with this. What do you guys think? Which hospital was the worst one? Here's the question. Here's the actual question. <laughs> Which hospital would you stay in if you had to stay in one of these asylums? So, patrons, for Monday, that's your, that's your homework. If you had to stay in one of the ones that I just talked about on this episode, which one would you stay in? Also, I guess, you know, don't be insane in the past or, like I said, have, like, migraines or basic shit wrong with you because hospitals and asylums sucked. They were the absolute worst. But, again... If you had to, which one would it be? Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Samick, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac, The Devil, Part 2 Edition. Or was it Tricks of the Devil? I'm about to spell it. I'm going to spell it. I'm going to spell it. I'm going to spell it.